you, um, I thank you for every student that's here, Father. God, I thank you that you've placed a mark on their lives. God, I just thank you that you've given us feelings, God, feelings that we can feel for you. I thank you that you've given us emotions, Lord. I thank you that you've given us a clear, sound mind, God. So I just pray tonight that the words that you have in me, God, do not fall on deaf ears, Father. God, I pray that you'll seize distractions right now. Lord, I pray just a connectedness, God, between us, you, and and the students that are here tonight, Lord, that we can really just experience you and the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. How's school going for everybody? Boo. Sophomores? What? she's 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 a freshman. She's a freshman. How many freshmen we got in here? Awesome. What's up, Fish? Welcome to Emerge. Awesome. Cool. So I've been thinking about school, and I've been thinking about the challenges of school. How many of you guys got a pretty challenging year ahead of you? Maybe academically, okay? All right, so I've been thinking about some pretty challenges to, some challenges to maybe lighten your spirits a little bit, and I was thinking about those of the ones in the past. How many of you guys remember the awesome, infamous ice bucket challenge? Anybody remember that? You guys like that? I think I can replicate that a little bit. How'd it do, Jen? Awesome. Anybody do that? I got asked to do it. I wouldn't do it because, to be honest with you, I thought it was pretty silly. Um, okay, how about that? Um, how about that cinnamon challenge? Oof. I watched this recently, and I thought it was absolutely hysterical. If you have not YouTube cinnamon challenge, please YouTube this. This lady is a riot. It's awesome. Anybody do a cinnamon challenge? Josh, did anybody do a cinnamon challenge? You didn't? I thought your dad said you did one. He, oh, yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, dad did say, busted, busted. Awesome. Cool stuff. How about, uh, oh, this one's really gross. How about the Tide Pod challenge? All right, let's just be real. Let's be honest. You're in church. Tell the truth. Anybody do the Tide Pod challenge? One humble soul. Pastor Trent, we need to lay hands and pray for her that she's not sick. Cool. Cool. All right, so here's a trendy one. Okay, how about that in my feelings challenge? Yeah? That's Will Smith this week. He did an in my feelings challenge on the roof. I thought that was pretty awesome. Anybody do an in my feelings challenge? Come on, guys, be honest. In my feelings challenge? All right, would you guys believe if I told you that I did one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys want to see it? All right, let's roll that. Let's roll that challenge up. Come on, let's cue it. Turn some lights down. think? What do you guys think, huh? Awesome. Like, Pastor Jeremy, I didn't think you could move like that. 
I can't. That's exactly right. I can't. I can't. And I promise you to not cheat and to not have an energy drink. I've been, I've been, true story, I've been off caffeine for the last 12 days. It's been brutal. Oh, I had one of those. It was, it was not fun. So that was not caffeine influenced. So anyway, so I started doing some thinking about in my feelings. First of all, I just want every single one of you guys to do an in my feelings challenge this next week. Okay, I want you to do one and I want you to send it to us. Because I know you guys can do better than I did, all right? <laughs> anyway, okay, so check this out. All right, I did some, uh, I did some research on In My Feelings, and, and by doing uh, research, I uh, uh, contacted the most awesome, awesome student pastor, administrative pastor ever. Her name is Miss Chazzy. Let's give it up for Miss Chazzy. Okay. I asked her this question. I said, can you explain to me actually what this means in my feelings? And I think she said it perfectly. She described it. She said, okay, when you're in your head, you overthink things. But when, in, when you're in your feelings, you overfeel things. Does that sound about right? Yeah, good job, Chazzy. You didn't let me down. All right, so, so when we're going through this real quick. So when you're, head, when you're in your head and you overthink things, I'll give you one example. Okay, anybody play volleyball with Pastor Trent recently? He's been just slaying everybody in the, in the gym. We're going to pray for him later, slaying him. And then when his dynamic duo, awesome partner, Miss Tori, gets with him, they just start just slaying everybody else. So Pastor Trent thought it would be a cute idea to um, try to get in my head when it was my turn to serve. And he would just say comments like, hey, Jared, don't, don't hit the net. Hey, make sure you hit the net this time. Hey, in my, and guess what he did? He got in my, my head, right, and I started choking, Okay. But when you overfeel things, right? So when you're in your feelings and you overfeel things, that's kind of a different story than what's in your head. That's kind of like what goes on in here, right? What goes on and how you feel inside. So, for example, uh, when I uh, went out with Miss Abby for the first time. Okay. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I went out with her, and then after I dropped her off, I just started feeling this awesomeness. I'm like, I just love this person. This person's great. Right? Or well, let's just say like something, let's just say something bad happened. Maybe somebody hurt me or made me feel bad, right? That would be in my feelings, right? And then you'd start feeling and feeling and you'd overfeel things. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're actually going to be launching a new series called In My Feelings. Show up that, oh, there it is right there, that awesome graphic that Trey the man put that together. So here's the big idea for these next couple weeks. You ready? This is what I want you guys to get. Stay with me. When God is in your feelings, conclusions don't matter. Let me say that one more time, and it's a little bit deep, so, so stick with me, okay? When God is in your feelings, conclusions don't matter. So when God is the center of how you think, how you feel, and which ultimately leads to how you act, the conclusion of your season or your circumstance doesn't matter anymore because he is the conclusion. Let me say that one more time. You guys got to get real with me here. I'm going to get Southern Baptist preacher on you. Okay? When God is the center of how you feel and how you think, which ultimately leads to how you act, the conclusion of your season, circumstance, or situation doesn't matter anymore because he is the conclusion. Yeah. Oh, thank you, guys. So Pastor Cole last week talked about David as we closed out that summer series for Running with the Giants. 
Uh, and I just want to recap a little about David, because let me tell you something about David, who became King David. All right, this man had God all up in his feelings, all over him and his feelings. It was all he thought about was God, 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 God. Let me explain a couple different things about him, okay? When David was a boy, he was the youngest in his family. And in ancient civilization times, when you were the youngest in your family, he was actually the fifth son. When you're the youngest in your family, when, you're, when your dad passes on all the inheritance, you basically get nothing. So it was kind of like his role in the culture that he lived in. So he was then shunned because he was the youngest, and he was told to go out with the sheep. You guys remember we talked about shepherds before and how low shepherds are? So, so little boy David was thrown to go out and, and, and deal with sheep. So that was kind of David, and that's kind of like how he was, he, his, his situation was. So the, the king of the time was King Saul. I'm sure you guys have heard the story of King Saul and David. It's, it's absolutely crazy. I encourage you to read it. It's in 2 Samuel uh, 22. It, it gets really legit. Um, but Saul keeps on disobeying God. So God rejects Saul as king and tells his prophet Samuel to go and anoint a new king. And Samuel runs into David. And David, as a teenager, most scholars believe he was 17. For you 17-year-olds out there, was anointed to be king as Israel. Now, the way God works, that when he anoints you with something, it doesn't happen right away. You got to go through some stuff. You got to go through some stuff, just like you guys are going through some stuff. So then David, the very first thing he does is he, uh, he encounters Goliath. You guys know the story of David and Goliath, how he beats the giant. Um, so then David gets invited to become part of the king's family. He actually marries Saul's daughter. So he is anointed as king. Saul doesn't know it. Saul gives him his daughter. He's married. He's already kind of technically going to be soon to be king. Saul's oldest son, Jonathan, loves David so much that he's like, you know, I don't care about my father. I don't care about my line. I am following you completely. So the whole family is all over David, and David gets blessed immensely by God. And then something happens. Saul and David are, are celebrating in the streets about a victory over a battle, and the people start chanting, Saul has killed his thousands, while David has killed his ten thousands. And then Saul does what most of us would do when we're not following the Lord. Saul gets jelly. He gets jelly, y'all. He gets jealous. So then he starts to get mad. He throws a spear at David. Then he plots to kill him. And Jonathan and Mikael, which is Saul's uh, son and daughter, uh, love David so much that they help him escape. And David escapes and he runs for his life. And Saul, for the next 10 years, that many scholars believe, is after David to kill him. So David flees into these caves. But the Hebrew word for cave, I'm going to actually say this to you. I want you guys to say this. Pull that up right there. It's called bim sandowit. Let's say that. Bim sandowit. Say that right now. Look to the person to your right and say, bim sandowit. All right, look to the person on your left. Do it better, okay? I need some Hebrew accents right there. Bim sandowit. Okay, and it actually doesn't mean cave. It means stronghold. I think that's interesting. Because let me tell you something about your feelings. When you let your feelings go too far, they can create strongholds in your life. 
walls or fortresses that you put up to protect yourself so that no matter what happens, you won't let anything in and you won't let anything come out. But what God is trying to tell you guys in his story, what God is trying to tell you is give me your feelings. Give me your feelings so you don't have to sort it for your own self. Let me be your conclusion. And David is the very first to discover this. So, so David's in the caves, and actually most scholars believe that the majority of the Psalms that David wrote were during this time that he was on flee for Saul. Um, as you read Psalms and you, you go through the book of Psalms, you can see Psalm and David at the top. Read those, and you can sense what David is going through. All right, so real quick, I want to talk about a psalm, okay? A psalm is a poem that's accompanied with music. Kind of like a, kind of like a in my feelings song. So David, you could say, is like kind of a modern day Drake. I cannot believe he just went there. He just totally went there. What is wrong with him? So David actually wrote 75 out of the 150 psalms, okay? And 13 of them can actually be defined as a very specific, wow, I just really clearly said that, specific event in his life, okay? But let me tell you something. He was always chasing God despite the situation is. Whether he was king, whether he was killing people, whether he was running for Saul, he was all up in God because God was all up in his feelings. Here's a psalm that David wrote. Check this out. So keep in mind, he was in a cave. He was hiding, okay? Psalms 57. Pull that up. Have mercy on me, O God. I look to you for protection. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until the danger passes by. First clue that he was in a cave. I cry out to God most high, the God who will fulfill his purpose for me. The God who will fulfill his purpose for me. God is his conclusion. He will send help from the heaven to rescue me, disgracing those who hound me. My God will send forth his unfailing love and faithfulness. I'm surrounded by fierce lions who greedily devour human prey, whose teeth pierce like spears and arrows, and whose tongues cut like swords. Dude, this guy was deep. And this guy had God all up in his feelings. Where do you think he got his confidence from? It, was, it had to have been. It couldn't have been people, because look, look what he was doing. He was running from everybody. Then he closes out, and he says this, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. May your glory shine all over the earth. My enemies have set a trap for me. I am weary from distress. I am weary from distress. Some of you guys tonight might be weary from distress. How many of you guys in general have ever just been tired of drama? All the ladies are like, yes, me. And they looked at the person sitting next to them. They looked back and said, yes, me. Y'all getting real tonight. But for real, guys, when you allow God and your feelings, he changes your conclusion because you give him your conclusion. Check this out. The very last verse, he says this. He gives it all over to him. He says, I will sing your praises among the nations, for your unfailing love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine all over the earth. Do you think at this time that God's in David's feelings? 
Every other word is God, God, God. My provider, my provider, God, God, God. God is all up in his feelings. Now, contrast, let's compare this to Drake. All right? So Drake in this In My Feelings song, first verse, he says, look, I'm going pri- to try to rap this. I'm a surfer boy. I don't do the rap thing very well. Okay? I just want to be at the beach, catch waves, maybe do a boogie board when there's small waves. Okay? Don't tell anybody. All right, so I'm going to try to do this rap thing without just making a fool of myself. Here we go. All right, look, the new real me is still the really real me. I swear you got to feel me before they try and kill me. They got to make some choices. They're running out of options because I've been going off, and they don't know when it's stopping. Ashton, you want to come up and help me out? No, you're good. You're like, I oh, know I'm good. You're good. Yeah. So, so I uh, looked up this commentary. This is Adam from JustRandomThings.com. He says, in the very, just random things, I guess they studied Drake and they interviewed him. In the first verse, he said, Drake goes on to rap about his authenticity, even though he has made it big in the industry. He says he still t- stays true to himself and that he might even be dead soon. Drake says that he's been going off or massively successful, and it hurts his haters. So his enemies might be trying to take him off the game soon enough. Sounds like Drake could use some wisdom from David. So David, look to the person on your right and say, so David. Now look to your person on your left and say, so David. So David was about to be challenged in one of his biggest tests that he could ever have. You see, when David was in the caves, when David was in the caves and he was writing all these psalms, what he was essentially doing is he was inviting God to come into his feelings. And God came in more and more and more and more. And it was more God. God, I want more of you. I want more of you. I want more of you. And let me tell you guys something tonight. You guys can do the exact same thing with God. God, I want more, I want more, I want more. Because let me tell you a very hard truth in life. What comes in must come out. Say that with me really loud. What comes in must come, one more time. What comes in must come out. That's right. So what was coming in with David had to come out. So he had to face Saul, man to man. Mono e mono for Mano y mano. I just totally ruined that one. What is it? Just go with it? Okay, I'm going with it. All right. So 1 Samuel 24, pull that scripture up. Okay. So after Saul returned from fighting the Philippines as a country, after Saul, calm down, Jeremy. Calm down. Oh, man. All right, here we go. After Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness of En Gedi. So Saul chose 3,000 of his elite troops from all Israel and went to search for David and his men near the, near the rocks and the wild goats, which is a specific place in Israel. So basically the elite Navy SEALs of Saul, all 3,000 of them are coming after David. I'm pretty sure if this was me, I'd be freaking out right now. I'd look to Pastor Trent and say, Pastor Trent, 3,000 Navy SEALs are coming after us. I don't know what to do right now. And then, of course, him, he'd just be like, dude, just calm down. Just calm down. Just pray. Just pray. Let God in your feelings. 
Practice what you preach, Pastor Jer. As we continue reading, at this place where the road passes some sheep, sheepfolds, Saul went in a cave to relieve himself. Saul had a to tinkle. But as it just happened, David and his men were hiding further back in that very cave. Did you guys catch that? As that just happened. As it just happened. Nothing just happens. Nothing, nothing, nothing just happens. So check out what David's men say to him. They say, now's your opportunity. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into power to do with as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. But then David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. You see, he didn't even finish the job. He barely got to him, and David started feeling bad. Why? God was all up in his feelings. He stopped caring about the conclusion of the season he was in and only thought about how good God was. Let me say that one more time. He stopped caring about the conclusion in this season, and he only thought about how good God was. Could you imagine if we thought the same? What if we thought this way about our ex-relationships? What if we thought this way about our current relationships? What if we thought this way about our school? What if we thought this way about our job? Lastly, what if we thought about this way about how we viewed ourselves? So David said to his men, he said, the Lord forbid that I should do this to the Lord my king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men, and Saul did not kill him. Caden, you can come on up, bro. You could easily take the story and say that God gave Saul to David to kill him because it was, it was timed up so perfectly. But David didn't care anymore. David knew that he could not touch God's anointed. He, listen, let me tell you something about David. David was actually even given a second option to do this. Just a little while longer, you could literally say, dude, David, God, this was God, man. This was God. How many times can you view a situation in your life where you think that God's behind it because it's so crystal clear when actually it's the wrong thing? I think about my life, there are so many times that I just went for something because I thought it all lined up perfectly and it had to have been God, but it wasn't. It wasn't because God wasn't at the center of my feelings. Only I was. David began to realize that it wasn't up to him to conclude Saul and to make himself as king. In fact, there wasn't a need in David's mind for anything to be concluded anymore. The goodness of God was so up in David's feelings that despite any circumstance, God had his back, so everything else stopped mattering. You see, that's the problem today with depression. Pull that up. That's the problem today with depression. We think there's no good conclusion. 
You see, that's the problem today with sexual desires is that we think we need the conclusion. You see, that's the problem today with friendships that have gone wrong. We think we have the best conclusion. You see, that's the problem today with families breaking up. We think that they have a better conclusion. You see, that's the problem with suicide. We think we have the final conclusion, but guess what? We don't. Jesus is the final conclusion. He says, I am the alpha and the omega, the first, the last, the beginning, and the end. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but for me. You see, there's no conclusions anymore when we invite God to be the center of our feelings anymore. See, what God is trying to say to you is that when you're in your feelings, when you have those times, don't be afraid to get real with me. You guys, when you're in your feelings, don't be afraid to get real with God. God, this person hurt me. This feels so terrible. God, I can't believe mom and dad are fighting this much. I don't know what to do anymore. God, I can't believe that they just we just broke up. I didn't see that one coming. What are you doing? Get real with God. And he will get real with you. So you might be saying, you know, Pastor Jeremy, how do I do this? I'm going to give you a very simple application to do this. We've talked about this before, and I do this every day. It's called the four fives. Pull those up. Spend five minutes in worship, listening to worship music. I don't know about you guys. Our worship team's awesome. Yeah. Don't let this be the only time. Don't let this be the only time that you experience worship. You're missing out. You remember what I said about what comes in must come out? Think about that next time you listen to more of Drake. I'm just saying. Five minutes in worship. Five minutes in God's word. Now, Pastor Jeremy, every single time I read God's word, I really don't know where I'm going with it. I don't really know what it means. I don't really understand it. I don't even know where to start from. Well, you can start at the beginning. But Pastor Jeremy, don't understand it. Well, there's a really cool, there's a really cool translation. It's called The Message. It's written for people our age. Spend five minutes in God's word. It's free, by the way. It's this really cool app called Version. I use it every single day. Five minutes in prayer. Most people think that prayer is just a, a formal thing. No, it's not. It's literally you just talking to God. You expressing to God about your feelings. And then here's the last one is five minutes in silence. And this is the hardest, hardest part. If you can do the first three, you can do the last one, I promise. You see, in the silence, that's where God starts to speak to us. If you're like, Pastor Jeremy, I've done this so many times. I've been silent for five minutes, for 10 minutes, for 15 minutes. I can't hear anything. And I gotta tell you something, don't give up. Keep doing it because he wants you. 
It's a challenge because it's different. I'm sorry. But listen, if every single person that's in this life that was successful, that gave up when it became challenging, do you think what we would have today? You think there'd be a Thomas Edison? You think there'd been a Billy Graham? Don't give up. Could you imagine what would happen if David gave up? David would have missed out big time. And let me tell you something. David had way more of an excuse to give up than any of us have. Any of us have. David would have missed out, you see, because Jesus comes from the king line of David. We would not know David for who he is today. God wants to be in your feelings. It's time we put aside any conclusion and just have Jesus be our conclusion. It's time we put aside our own ideas of the way that something should be and just admit, God, I, I, I can't do this. God, this is wrong for me to think this way. I just want you to do what you do. Because when he takes over it, it makes it perfect. Look at John Michael, this beautiful baby. Yeah, it's not rainbows and butterflies and sunshines and Mary Poppins all the time. It's tough. We're going to do this. We're going to invite God into our feelings right now. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and be in our feelings. I want everybody to just close their eyes right now. So, Father, right now, I just I just pray that that every student here, God, will walk away wanting more of you and their feelings. God, you've made us to be feeling people. You've made us to have emotions. You've given us free will. And you've given it to us so we can be a pleasure to you, God, so we can have a relationship with you. So right now, God, I just call down the Holy Spirit right now. I ask that your Holy Spirit comes and enters every single student here right now, Father. I pray that you'll give them an unwavering desire to want to know more about you. God, I just pray right now that they will make you the center, the center of their feelings, Father. God, I just pray right now any walls, any fortresses, that they put on, God, so nothing can come in and no one can come in and nothing can come out, God, that you will break those walls down in the name of Jesus, Father. And if anybody here right now has put up these walls, God, that they'll seek somebody out, that they'll seek somebody out for prayer and restoration, God, because you are the God of restoration. So when everybody just keep their heads bowed and eyes closed, we're going to say this prayer right now. Dear Jesus, on this day, I make you my conclusion. I make you my conclusion. I invite you into my feelings. Come and save me. I confess you as Lord over my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody keep your heads bowed, please. I don't want anybody looking around. If you just did that for the first time, I want you to raise your hand on a count of three. Nobody's going to embarrass you. I just want to know. 
I want to celebrate with you. You see, that's why I'm here. Is I'm just here, and all of us pastors are here. So just you guys just come to know Jesus and who he really is. So count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three, raise your hand. Nobody's looking. I just did that for the first time. I invited Jesus into my feelings. Lift your hands up, guys. I can't see it. If you're hiding it, it's okay. Nobody's going to embarrass you. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get real right now for a second. I want you to say, you know what, Pastor Jeremy, I've let, I've put up many, many fortresses and walls because I'm scared to be hurt. I'm scared because I've been hurt. I'll be honest, Pastor Jeremy, I haven't invited God fully into my feelings because I don't really know what I'm going to do with it. I just want you to raise your hand right now on a count of three. Nobody's looking. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand. It's okay. Okay, I want to encourage you to just get real with God and your feelings. I want you right now to go find somebody. Prayer partners, if you could come forward right up here on both sides. I want to encourage you guys to get real. Everybody stand up. Come on forward. We're going to sing. We're going to sing the goodness of God and how he is with miracles. I encourage you, do not leave tonight unless you've seen somebody for prayer. Come on forward. Let's sing. Let's worship. Come see your prayer partner.